0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network for our continued coverage here of Total Drama Island as we are. Well into the season. I, uh, episode well, I don't know how many episodes there are. Don't, no spoilers for the people listening, but uh feels like halfway. Maybe we're less than halfway or more than halfway, but we're into a good chunk of the season as we're continuing on with uh, maybe not the best episode, but, uh, you know, a decent episode. It had some some moments. We got some chef in there. We got some other character development moments, and it was, a, like I said before, it was a fun episode of uh, Total Drama Island and I'm excited to chat with our you know, panel this week about the episode. As always, I'm your host, Rossi, and I'm joined by uh, making his third debut, third appearance, maybe more of, on the Oz Network. Uh, Ivan is back for another week. Ivan, welcome.
2: Yep, it's my third one. First time was the Lit, uh recap interviews, and then this is my second time covering total drama, so I'm really excited to be here.
1: We are excited to have you, but we are not alone. We are also joined by our other staple of uh, Total Drama Island coverage here, and uh, Jared has joined us for another week of interesting episodes, I'll say.
0: Yeah, I feel like this is a kind of a, a solid back-to-back episode block, Um, so excited to talk about them. Uh, what do you right. mean block? We're talking about yeah, a whole episode. Single episode. We only record one episode a week. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh,
1: <laughs> yes, like Jared said, we uh have an interesting episode to talk about. Um, you know, Jared and I before we got on the call to talk, we were kind of saying how this episode wasn't quite as uh, you know, high level as some of the other episodes like last week or so the weeks before. But I think we still have some fun things to talk about. I think there was a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh a challenge that was uh kind of out of left field but fits well in with the theme that they're trying to do of these kids being tortured in sort of unrealistic challenges and stuff but and some interesting character development from some people especially the eliminated contestant this episode really had a big character break uh character breakout i should say and yeah a whole bunch of fun stuff um just on the general level ivan what were your general thoughts on the episode
2: so I thought this is pretty interesting, you know, with it does build off of episode 11 then as well. All these episodes, they kind of ramp up a lot of the relationships that have that been hinted and then started in the first five or six episodes. Now that we're starting to see them flourish a bit more and we get it's mostly focused around the killer bass. Like we do get some stuff from the Screaming Gophers, but not too much. Different, other than a few lines here and there, and then it's the culmination of the last few episodes worth of bullying for one person and a revenge for another.
1: Yeah, it seems to Total Drama Island, at least in the kind of point we're at in the show, seems to do these like mini episode arcs. You know, we had, you know, the forming of the alliance in the very beginning, and that sort of had a little bit of an arc, and then it kind of went away. And then we had the resurgence of that with Beth and her little tiki idol. And then that went mm-hmm. away. And I felt like in the last like four or five episodes, it's been the emergence of this sort of relationship of Duncan and Courtney. And now we're kind of at the end of that. And mm-hmm. you know, in the future episodes, we're going to get a new story coming, uh, whatever it is. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure something will, exciting will happen. Jared, what were your kind of general thoughts? I know we talked a little bit before, on, but let everyone else know what you thought. <laughs>
0: yeah i think it was interesting i like you have the opening of uh the the most dramatic bonfire ceremony yet um Mm -hmm. another uh kind of empty promise i would say although uh living up to it i suppose more than uh, other times that they kind of brought up that that topic um But, yeah, I think it is interesting with these storylines, particularly kind of the the Harold underwear story coming uh, back into play after, like, it felt like it was resolved at the end of episode 10 and now all of a sudden it's back again is interesting. And I think, too, yeah, the uh, kind of culmination of the uh, Courtney Duncan love story, which I think kind of of all the relationships this season, in my opinion, is probably... Handled the best. I feel like this is the one where there's kind of the most of like a slow burn and like gradually getting to this point where some of the others are uh, more of like a up and down roller coaster trajectory, uh, particularly like uh, Gwen and Trent uh like their relationship is really weird to get a read on and kind of ever since the being left buried alive it's like disappeared but then there's hints at it again like to me like uh-huh. that storyline is not particularly well handled but i think uh this relationship kind of out of the multitude of uh couples that we get in the show is probably uh, the one that i think is like the most believable and kind of the thread is continued throughout the season
2: so that's what I do enjoy about Duncan and Courtney. I feel like it's more of a, an opposite tracks relationship. And I think, while well, I guess it's nice to have examples of people who are very similar in personality types or you know, high school stereotypes getting together, like Lindsay and Tyler. Like, just from looking at the cast, you could have assumed that they would naturally get along. To a lesser extent, Gwen and Trent, but still, it sort of seemed like, barring a few disagreements and mishaps, they are on the same page most of the time. Duncan and Courtney have not had that kind of relationship. And despite, you know, their personality differences, both of them having their egos and their pride, they still have that just natural connection that just happens whether you want to deny it or not.
1: I think that's what makes their uh, relationship so interesting out of all of the court kind of couples that are forming um, mm-hmm. is that they're so different that you're just like, it just kind of blows your mind a little bit. Whereas, you know, Jeff and Bridget are literally just <laughs> the same character, just one, yeah. one's, one's a woman and then sort of Gwen and Trent, they're a little different, but they're similar. And this is just so opposites attract track situation that it just can make for more interesting viewing especially as we see the layers of their characters you know with Duncan and his soft side and and then in this episode Courtney and her wild side coming out and you could just see the the changes and how they kind of grew grew and developed throughout the series and that just makes it so interesting to watch.
2: Yeah and another thing about Gwen and Trent like based on their high school archetypes they're way opposites but personality wise one is a lot more calm and approachable than you'd expect a goth person to be and trent is more down to earth and understanding than you'd expect the guitar playing popular guy to be so that's why it doesn't have that same like when worlds collide explosiveness that duncan and courtney can have at times
1: We'll definitely get more into these relationships as we kind of get into the specific points in the episode. Um, but before there, I just wanted to get to one thing that just kind of hit me since this is your second appearance in terms of talking about Polo Drama Island, and I don't think we got to it on the first episode that you did with us. Uh, Jared and I love. Love, love the uh, intro, and I wanted to get your thoughts, if you are just as big of a fan as we are, of the the intro and the theme song and the whole setup before the episode gets started.
2: Uh, I love the theme song. It's probably one of my favorite theme songs of any show, cartoon, sitcom, any sort of show, because between the lyrics, all the contestants and characters getting their own little scene and moment, and... Just the whole vibe and everything like happening all at once, it gives you a crash course of what you can expect from the show, and it just gets you excited to see what kind of nonsense these people are going to do next.
1: Okay, good. I think that's the one uh, Total Drama Island opinion that's universal. We all love the <laughs> intro and the theme song, I think. Okay, good. we're on the same page here. That's good. Um,
2: yeah, and just like in Survivor, we were, you know, saddened when this intro was shortened.
1: Yeah, except this this and this one is the opposite <laughs> of Survivor intro. This one's like two minutes long and features yeah. every person from first boot to winner. And like, <laughs> Survivor's like, okay, well we we don't like the intro anymore. We'll stop making them. And it's just it's crazy how these things are so different. But um, in terms of the actual episode. Uh, I was telling Jared that I remembered way less about this episode than I uh, thought I did, because uh, it starts with this whole continuation of the underwear drama from last week with the, you know, Harold and his uh, gross behaviors uh, and the and the pranking of these two guys and really weird stuff that really happened with them making like a s'more out of his (laughs) underwear and Uh, yeah, Courtney's reaction to it It was just so weird. And I genuinely like forgot that this even was a storyline that was such a big deal in that episode, let alone like continued to carry on. Like this is like an arc that Harold's going to have in these episodes. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just crazy that this is something they're continuing and it really is like a. part of the entire episode it's not just like this little you know b story like owen had last episode or he was just kind of on his own journey this is a really like this is kind of a whole basis of what happens at the tribal council like harold's mad and he gets his revenge and it's just crazy that this is the storyline that we're getting And then it, like, making its, like, segue into the challenge itself, as we see in, like, sort of this military boot camp challenge that, like, they've got to do all these challenges. But they're still continuing to prank Harold, like, in the canoe-holding segment. You know, Jeff's doing the fishing line with the underwear tricks and stuff like that. And it's just insane Mm -hmm. that this is this continued storyline that we're going to keep getting throughout the episode. and was this something you like remembered going in or was Ivan was this something that you like oh i knew this was happening or is this just like oh yeah this happened or maybe you're just a huge fan and you just have it memorized by heart and we're the ones clueless here.
2: Yeah, when it comes to Total Drama Island, my memory is probably better than it should be about the events that have transpired. But because of the result of this episode, it's hard to think about this episode without thinking about Harold and all the pranks and torture he endured that led to that decision for him to make.
1: Classic revenge of the nerds. Uh, situation here with Harold. Uh, Jared, did you remember this too? Or am I the only one?
0: I did not. And, and I know we were kind of saying off air that, uh, the result of the episode was kind of fairly predictable, but to me, I like really didn't remember, uh, how this episode finished up. And I was kind of surprised by the boot when it came down to kind of the boot or, or the alternate boot option. um, But yeah, I didn't remember, yeah, this storyline continuing on, um, Harold getting his revenge. I kind of really thought from memory that this whole thing was wrapped up two episodes ago, kind of when he agreed to like put his underwear away and not leave it lying around. Like I thought that that storyline was fully closed, um, that we weren't, that wasn't going to come back into play. So kind of this whole episode was a real uh, surprise to me and I didn't really remember uh, that much of it.
2: It does take away from that final scene of episode 10, where they humiliate Harold once again, take away all his clothes, and they're like, okay, are you going to admit you did it? And then Harold is, like, very apologetic in desperate fashion, and they're like, you know what, fine, pleasure doing business with you, and that felt like a natural conclusion to that, but... And who knows, maybe Harold just continued to do that and they decided to prank him some more. But in terms of the writing and the storyline, it just felt like you can mix it up. Duncan doesn't need to have a specific reason to bully Harold.
1: I think throughout the series, like we've hinted a little bit at it with the relationships that we talked about with Gwen and Trent and all these stuff that Mm -hmm. they break the stereotypes that they set a little bit like, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Lushtana is more than this offensive stereotype that she's the mm-hmm mm-hmm. kind of girl like, at times of the show. Yeah. And I felt like this was they kind of pulled Harold back into the stereotype. Like his only storyline in this episode was he's, I'm the nerd, I get picked on, and then he finally gets a revenge. And that's the only thing that like he does in the entire episode relevant in terms of the storyline. So I feel like they sometimes revert. Back to what the archetypes of these people are, which is a little unfortunate because I thought that Harold—I mean, throughout the series, we'll get more into Harold, you know, next episode—but like he has development, you know, he he goes from zero to hero at times, and he he's he's layered, and this felt like he was just kind of a little bit of a cop out to his revenge story.
2: Yeah, and I think with Harold, while it is a cop out, uh, the fact that Harold had some high highs in the beginning of a season despite perhaps a shaky start you know being in the bottom two in the episode when evo was voted out but the fact that harold did end up being back in this position low on the toe and pull of the killer bass and in opposition with the typical bully and duncan
1: Idiots. so in terms of the actual challenge i mean it's it was very much a like quick scene to quick scene to quick scene. I don't really necessarily want to get to too many details, but the the general challenge is that there's this military boot camp thing where they're going to compete in different challenges, very survivor-esque in terms of, you know, different obstacle courses and, and things like that that they had to compete in and endurance challenges and stuff like that. And maybe the dancing challenge on Survivor's coming soon, maybe, uh, who knows. But just a whole variety of different challenges that are motivated to get people to drop out or in some cases not drop out but just not be competing anymore in in some things that Jared and I (laughs) pointed out Uh, but just in terms of the the challenge and what we saw from that any any big standouts for you Ivan that that came from these these challenges or the mini challenges I'll say
2: all right so the first one the holding the canoe challenge it did kind of feel as it went on kind of like one of those survivor endurance challenges where you're just you know standing in one spot for hours the type of which have become a bit too common in recent survivor seasons but still it was pretty interesting and then of course Duncan and Jeff managed to get another prank in on Harold in the meantime Uh, Gwen uh, tells Owen to stick it out, even as his stomach's grumbling. And then, you know, unsurprisingly, Lindsay is the person who drops out. Just, you know, if you're sizing up the remaining castaways, if you're expecting any sort of arm strength, Lindsay's probably not your first pick. And then going into the uh, dance scene, I thought that was hilarious.
1: But not a, quite a military challenge, I would say. Uh, yeah. It's a very left field, um, you know, boot camp thing that you would do. But uh, right. it, interesting.
2: <laughs> it, yeah. I think they just wanted to get, you know, some comedic moments in there, get that Michael Jackson, whatever Chef Hatchet was trying to imitate. It was pretty funny. And then the essay writing, you know, you have Harold like struggling to finish. You had Duncan, who just wrote one long sentence with five pages of Aries in between. And that was just, you know pretty interesting it wasn't again it wasn't too much uh, military themed but it was pretty much just like whatever chef says goes and it was pretty cool
1: and it was nice to see chef it felt like it was role reversed where chris was the supporting actor of the show and chef was really the, the masochistic uh, host, who's like, I'm gonna torture these people, you know. Whereas Chris, we've seen in other episodes, like the the Fear Factor one, where he was like trying to torture these people, versus now Chef was the one, you know, going on with these endless military stories of this war he probably never served in, and and making people write 500 words, and if they, they sleep, they're out. So like the, it was a fun role reversal for, for the episode for sure.
2: And that's kind of cool because, you know, we do get a lot of Chris throughout the series. And I think it was something that goes in your mind. It's like, you know, if Chef was the main person in charge, what kind of challenge would he put the campers through? And we got our answer this episode.
1: For sure. Jared, what were some of your initial highlights from kind of the challenges, at, at least up until the writing portion of the game?
0: Well, I definitely love Drill Sergeant Chef. Um, I think it's kind of a really obvious um, direction to take his character when he's he's playing all these different parts, but um, I feel like it, it worked really well. Things that I loved, I love that uh, when Lindsay drops out, she's so tired with her arms that she rings the bell with her head. I think that's a great funny moment. Yeah, not too much from that element. I loved kind of the dancing as well. I think like a nice kind of thriller references thrown in there. Um, Timely yes also the uh the eating garbage and courtney refusing because she's going to be running for office one day and she doesn't want that <laughs> to come back to hell on her um i think is a great nod to her character i just yeah i feel like this whole sequence is really fun particularly with duncan like pushing chef to, to like the limit and like how far mm-hmm. can i push this and, and push back i think it really plays to his character but also to chef so i think that's kind of a good bouncing back and forth relationship that we see throughout the episode and
1: we definitely get some fun gags. Like one of the uh, fun gags that I I caught call, call my eye was in the the le- the letter writing portion of the challenge where there's a spider like making a web on the clock, and then you can uh-huh. see just like as the challenge progressed the the web just keeps going and going and going, uh, yeah. To, like to be funny on the time how long it's taken to write these letters, but just little moments like that uh, really add to it. And then obviously this this is just the most mini challenges to compile a challenge together because after this they're doing an obstacle course, um, which is just essentially just uh, uh, a sight gag for for any Owen jokes that we could have. He's too fat to climb the wall, so he knocks it over. He's too fat to go through the hoop, so he's stuck in it. Uh, yeah, just so many. And then he's crawling through the mud. Oh, haha! Isn't this funny, Owen in the mud. like just oh, see how many. Uh, Low hanging fruit Owen jokes here. But obviously, we get more of the kind of stuff about different characters kind of doing this. Um, Heather taking it very well. I'd expect more uh, response out of her, but she took it so well. And right. Harold going to the infirmary for mud, whatever. i uh, not <laughs> what that was about, but he couldn't compete, so he had to go because he couldn't stay in the mud or something. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they didn't really explain what happened to Harold there. I think he just swallowed a lot of mud, but at the same time, wouldn't anyone else have done that too? Like, and Lashana was just sinking in a quicksand portion of the mud. Like, it was just weird, but funny nonetheless. I guess one
1: issue is that, like, we Jared and I were talking about earlier is, like, characters are all of a sudden eliminated, and we don't know why. Like, Bridget is not competing in these challenges anymore for who knows what reason. Um, Mm -hmm. LaShawn is out because she sinks in the mud. Like, what's going on with, like, some random unexplained things that happen? But I guess we'll deal with it. It doesn't matter. It just matters who wins the challenge.
2: Yeah, it was the same level of arbitrariness that occurred in the Phobia Factor Challenge, where Heather won a point for just in a fetal position, somehow surviving the attack from the sumo wrestler as he rolled off into the distance. There was no feasible way for Owen and Izzy to fail the uh, flight challenge. They were forced to get in there. I guess they could have refused, but still. And then Harold confronted the ninjas. He just knocked himself out, but he didn't get a point for that, for facing his fear. So it's one of those things we see a lot of in this first season of told Drama where they explain the rules at the beginning of the challenge, but they kind of forget about them as the episode goes on to fit their narrative.
1: Yeah, they pick and choose. I don't hate it. I mean, it's it's all fun at the end of the day, uh, yeah. what happens. It's a cartoon who's who's really complaining about fairness in Total Drama Island world. But the the major kind of portion of this sort of obstacle course is really – Duncan and Chef's final head-to-head moment, uh, which I completely... Can, I can oh, I think Duncan like, kisses Chef's nose or something like that and sends him over the edge and gets solitary confinement in the, the fish, fish shed house. Or fish house. Yeah. Um, which was just like a, a glorified boathouse that has hooks in it. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously this culminates in, you know, Courtney... Oh, I care a little bit, but I don't want to say that I care. I'm just going to go check on him and, and turns into this whole thing of them sneaking into the food service tent to steal uh, food from a fridge that somehow magically powered electronically. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and just uh, Courtney breaking this sort of persona of being the goody two shoes and willing to do whatever it takes and all this kinds of stuff. Uh total character break for her but exciting to watch as as, you know courtney's been so forced down our throats as this one sort of archetype to see her to break that to break that mold is exciting to watch in the especially in this episode in her last episode
2: yeah if i'm mm, this might be a hot take but that as much as that was the breakout moment for courtney Giving in to Duncan's request to do something that breaks the rules—that might not have yet been her highest episode. We could talk about that in the next few minutes, but it's a good way to show that deep down, Courtney does have this side to her. Maybe she suppresses it because she, you know, she has this experience as a CIT and she's been brought up with, you know, you gotta follow the rules to a T and in an environment like Total Drum Island, like, yeah, all hell can break loose.
1: <laughs> I'm really curious, Jared, what you... Because I know you said that this was really, like, the, like, breakout moment for you, for Courtney, as, like, coming out as a character that you really liked. So curious to hear what you have to say on some of this.
0: Yeah, I just feel like this episode, she got a lot of screen time, which is not necessary that she hasn't throughout the rest of the season. But I just like this storyline of her kind of uh, loosening up a bit, not being so uptight about kind of following the rules and stuff. I just like the way that it's handled. I feel like, uh, like if when the storyline, like it's not uncommon in like other like shows and movies and stuff, um, but I feel like it's not like a complete like Courtney like compromising who she is. I feel like we've got hints of her like wanting to be a bit more of a, a rebel and and be accepted and fit in throughout the season. So it doesn't feel like to me this is a complete 180 from her character. And I like that it's balanced with the fact that we've got kind of these softer moments of Duncan. So it's not like Courtney completely changing to be with Duncan and get his approval we've seen that he also has a softer side as well Um, so I like that balance in the relationship and I just think it's really fun just this whole sequence of her kind of oh like embracing like her bad side and and stealing the food and then leaving the fish on the plate and then the whole like kind of breakdown throughout the rest of the episode with her just like laughing and just having like this great time and just coming to this realisation of yes like I want to follow the rules that's who I am but at the same time like I can have like a bit of fun with it and push the boundaries yeah I just think it's really clever character development that doesn't ruin like who she is deep down at the core so yeah I just think it's a fun sequence seeing the two of them together mucking up and playing around and I love the uh, craft services tent scene Uh, particularly just like the little moments of like you have Chris in the background just saying like I'm nothing without my stubble like loving himself sick I think Uh it's just really funny so uh, yeah, any kind of little moments of like Chris and Chef together, always great. Even earlier on when they were sitting on top of the canoes uh, that the contestants were carrying, I think it's really like cleverly woven into this episode, the like little snippets we get of Chris.
2: Yeah, we learned throughout the seasons, but in this episode, we get another glimpse of if they weren't on a reality show torturing teenagers, Chris and Chef would just be chilling, having a good time, watching TV, you now doing friend stuff. And they just have that you know, personality connection that meshes with them well, because even though Chef is – you know hardcore and chris is more like serious and like cares about his looks they just have that same kind of level of humor
1: and i loved the when courtney and duncan were like sneaking in doing the the crawling into the fridge and you could hear chef regaling the story of the war again like (laughs) like the third time we've heard this story of like it was this many days or what whatever he was saying like it was just so funny. And then and, and I love that this gets brought up at the very end. Um, Little flash forward. We're not there yet, but um, when Gwen wins the challenge, and he's like, "I would be proud to serve in a war with you," or something like that, and she's just like, "I'll, I'll think about it." Just uh-huh. this, this ongoing story of Chef having served in this war that we have no proof of, um, <laughs> and he just continues to say he was trapped in the jungle with no food and all this kind of stuff. It's just a fun, fun little thing that happens that probably has no consequences later on in the season, but it's just a fun thing for this episode.
2: Yeah, I think the phrase was, 25 of us went into the jungle that night, only five came back out.
1: <laughs> good, good thing you're here to remember, because uh, that's even more grim than I was remembering. So <laughs> oh, I think yeah, I think that Chef was even remotely considered er, evolving around this story. And then obviously yeah. a counter to them taking all the food and stealing it, which could have been a very selfish thing that they could have done. And Taking all the food and eating it for themselves or their team, so they'd be strong in the challenges or something like that. They ended up sharing with everyone, only to have Courtney overeat some sort of sweet treat that looked like an ice cream bar, but couldn't have been whatever it was. It was really
0: sort of- an Animo bar. <laughs> uh,
1: I wonder if she had to recite the ingredients for a challenge. Uh, it would have been because it's Canada. <laughs> That would have uh, probably was a Nanaimo bar. We'll have to ask Colin about that. Um, but yes, she overeats the sweets and ends up uh, projectile vomiting off the side of the cabin.
2: With her
1: <laughs> second appearance of major projectile vomiting we've seen in the series.
2: Um, yeah, it won't be here. the last.
1: <laughs> no, it won't. But this finally culminates in the thing that have, we have been slowly building towards. The Duncan and Courtney kiss that we finally get. five episodes waiting. Um, it was unfortunate that she had to have like slight puke breath, but, uh, we got there. I did mm-hmm. not remember taking this long to do it. Like in my memory of the, their relationship, it did not take like five plus episodes to get there. Uh, I'm glad that it did. And obviously the development was exciting, but to, to get there was like such a slog in my mind. I was like, Whoa, we're finally here. Uh, but it's still exciting nonetheless that, you know, Duncan, uh, relationship in this series is so so interesting to see especially with Courtney it's just so glad that we finally got there
2: <laughs> I agree yeah this is a really good moment it was a moment that a lot of fans when it was first airing they were looking forward to that Duncan Courtney obviously along with Gwen and Trent were very popular couples while this first season was airing so it was something that everyone was excited to see and You know, you can only do the uh, will they, won't they thing for so long before people get restless. And I think, you know, this is episode 12. This is about one episode a week, three months into the show. It's just one of those things where, like, the longer it goes on, especially in a show where there's an elimination factor. You think, oh, they're going to draw it out. But they picked a good time, even regardless of what happens later this episode, to make it happen.
1: And one thing I love that's super clever about how they did the whole, you know, this whole segment here with the food and everything, and then the kiss, it's this funny parody of when someone, you know, has too much to drink, and then they're peaking <laughs> because they had yeah. too much to drink. And, like, that's how I felt when Courtney kissed Duncan, and she felt like, it looked like she was, like, drunk almost. And I, and I love that she, like, felt like a different character. You could feel that, that that was what they're kind of, the parody that they were kind of going for with that, like... On reality tv people drink too much and they'll do things that they may not have thought they were going to do or, or stuff like that so it was fun to see another layer of reality tv parodying going on here with the, with
0: the with this kiss kind of being led up to yeah mm-hmm. courtney definitely is uh sugar high from this point on uh throughout the rest of the episode
1: <laughs> even though the next challenge happens the next day i think right <laughs>
0: Yeah, she's she's uh, like the sugar equivalent of being hungover. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, she's sugar hungover, whatever the term is. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like you said, the the last challenge of like many challenges that had no major quantification other than people randomly eliminated is this hanging upside down, which. Definitely feels like it's been a survivor challenge for sure. Uh, maybe a variation of it. I feel like I've seen something like this before, but they have to hang upside down. And the last one hanging like a, a lemur or, or a sloth or whatever is, is the winner. Uh, and everyone suddenly drops. It, it just Heather drops because Owen farts and then Owen falls for no reason. Uh, like <laughs> I it's think just there's random. a big
2: reason why Owen dropped like gravity works the same way it always does, and Owen and gravity is always going to be a losing battle for Owen.
1: Yes, we need. Uh, that's right. We needed another fat joke in case we didn't get any yeah. before, um, and a fart joke because we got we got two for one, fart and fat joke with Owen there. Um, and then obviously this is the big moment where. Courtney, like like Jerry was saying, she was hungover from the, the day before, and sort of has this laughing fit and tells the chef to have a chill pill, <laughs> uh, which is just <laughs> total it's breaking perfect. of Courtney. Yeah. Like she she's free. Like she feels for the first time like free in the chat. Like like she's no longer this rigid, you know, anal character. She's like free to be, and you could see it, especially as you know, travel council happens, you see her, she's just calm. She's not stressed out. She's like free. And like, it really just like this Courtney, like transformation, like truly came through in this final bit of the episode. And it's, it's really great to see that, you know, the characters can change so much from their start. You know, archetype to now. And it's really fun to see how everything kind of turned out with them. And we have Gwen winning her whatever challenge. She w- won the sleeping challenge and she wins this challenge. So Gwen is on a roll in terms of challenges. Yeah, just a, an interesting way to end the boot camp challenge with just all these different uh, stunts that they have to pull. I don't know if you had any general thoughts on this line of last segment, Ivan, with the, the challenge.
2: It was an interesting way to end it. You know, it started with an endurance challenges, and then it got kind of you know in the weeds with the dance segment and the essay challenge, and then okay, we're back doing a Spartan run type of challenge. This is more like something we would expect from Chef Hatchet, and then it we do get. A f- Duncan and Courtney acting out one last time, and it is fitting that they made it to the end of the challenge despite being oppositional to Chef, and even though they didn't win, I think it was pretty cool. I think the decision to make Gwen the winner of the challenge, uh, even though she's no more of a fan of Chef than uh, Duncan or Courtney are, shows that She's able to tolerate a lot of BS in these challenges and in this show in general, even from the beginning when she seemed like she couldn't care less about being on this show. Now she's uh, making the most of it, and she's proving why she's gotten this far.
1: Yeah, she's one of the most interesting characters for me. Mm -hmm. Just everything that she does is just... (laughs) Just, like, one of those characters that I'm just, like, fixed to watch. And I think mm-hmm. that, like, I know Jared and I were both big fans of her. So, I mean, no complaints with any sort of content we get from her. But still, just, like, interesting to see everything that she does. Jared, how would you feel about kind of the wrapping of the challenge and everything with the Courtney hangover and everything?
0: I loved the Courtney laughing moment because I feel like that's really relatable. Not so much, I suppose, from a sugar high, but I just think those times when you're – so tired that and you're with friends and just that every like little thing is funny and it's stupid and you just keep laughing and you can't stop like I felt like it was really relatable um and I love when she tells um the chef to take like a chill pill and then like Duncan's so proud of her I just feel it's, it's a really fun moment I think the challenge itself is it's kind of like lame that it came down to like this challenge and it felt like they're like okay let's just eliminate heaps of people all at once um like I feel like it was a bit lazy it could have Uh, played out better but I think I agree with kind of what you guys have both said about Gwen being a challenge beast at this point Um, like if there is a point where you're you're picking tribes I think Gwen should be like right up there as like a first like initial pick uh, if you're wanting to win challenges and do well in a season so um, yeah I think overall like a kind of let down in terms of the challenge but nice in that we've got this continued Courtney character development going on
1: Kelly Wigglesworth out there mm-hmm. <laughs> She's dominating like no one can stop her
2: yeah I think we're also you know Gwen's obviously one of the she looks like you know a regular normal teenager in terms of physical strength but while being one of the stronger players out there particularly on her team um is it's her mental strength, and I think that's just how she gets through this game despite being easily annoyed by so, so many other things, like dealing with Chris's antics, dealing with Heather, dealing with Cody when he was annoying her earlier in the season. I think she, you know she has a few moments where she kind of lets it get the better of her and she just needs to walk away. But then after that, she's just like, you know what? We'll see how this goes. We'll see how long I can do this and how far I can take myself in this game. And it's a bit of a contrast to Owen, who is always optimistic. Gwen's quite the opposite, but yet they both are. I'd say factors in what makes the Screaming Go for such an interesting, if not good, team that they have a variety of strengths.
1: One thing I will say, like you were. Garrett complaining about like oh that everyone eliminated it's a little lazy that they were all just like out in minute like a minute but I actually was like I was fine with that like in an episode that had like six mini challenges like and like points where the mini challenge wasn't air, like dedicated toward character development I was fine that like we got through this part easily like the, the letter segment gave us no development of character it was just filler so I was glad that this challenge was over that we could focus on The developments of of Courtney and and Duncan's relationship or, you know, Harold and doing whatever he was doing or characters doing different things to, to give us development of their story. So I was fine that six people were eliminated in half a minute. Like, no worries. Like, I don't need to see Jeff hanging off a tree for 10 minutes or something like that because we tend to get the challenges being so much so which like Colin brought up as a good point earlier on like if the challenge is just the same thing over and over again just different versions or different styles where we don't get any story then it's not as interesting as as the character development or stuff like that so I was fine with this being
0: I just felt Mm -hmm. like we could have lost people in like more people in the earlier challenges to have like a smaller bunch right at the end I just, yeah, I just felt like it was lopsided kind of the way that we like lost characters throughout. Like it could have been more even in terms of, OK, in this challenge, three people went home in this challenge, four people go home in this challenge, three. Instead, it, it was kind of like one person and then two and then two. And then, OK, let's like get rid of six people at once.
2: hmm. Yeah. And I think in Total Drama Island. The challenge moments are very well integrated into the character moments, so that's why it's kind of fun to get more of the challenges whenever possible, whereas, you know, in Survivor, it's more or less separate. You do get a few one-liners here and there during the challenges, depending on, you know, how they decided to edit it, but in Total Drama Island, the, a lot of times, the challenges are a means to an end in terms of development.
1: But at the end of this, Gwen winning means that the gophers are the, the tribe that wins immunity. They don't go to tribal council, and the killer bass have to go to tribal council. Um, and what appears to be a very stereotypical boot in terms mm-hmm. of you know survivor challenges, the tribe that's losing a lot, you know they've lost a few in a row. Now, you know, let's vote off the weakest person, the person not contributing, the person not getting along with everyone. Um, mm-hmm. But Total Drama Island has to put their little twist in, like twist the knife a little bit. And Harold mm-hmm. tries to get gets revenge on Duncan and sabotages the vote and eliminates Courtney And maybe not the most dramatic fire ceremony yet or whatever Chris said at the Bonfire beginning. Bonfire ceremony.
2: Very, yeah. yeah uh,
1: but yeah. in a dramatic twist that unless you're uh, an Ivan level fan, like you may not remember this, or if you're watching this for the first time, like that is like unprecedented for a a reality TV elimination. Uh, Granted this is a cartoon, but like still like an unprecedented elimination. And even though I've seen this, like I forgot that this was like truly the way that Courtney was eliminated. Like, it's just crazy that this was how they sort of edited the episode. It's just unexpected twist for the, the end of the episode.
2: Yeah, and it was shocking for many different reasons. For one, it's you, know, you finally get Duncan and Courtney's kiss, and while yeah, in retrospect, it kind of is cool that they, you know, okay, it culminates here, the relationship is finally official, and then all of a sudden they get split up. But it felt like there's this could have been the beginning of more development still. Um, it was shocking because up to this point, Courtney was one of the most focused on uh, characters of this, uh, of the Killer Bass in particular. Jeff and Bridget have gotten their episodes, but they've also been kind of, you know, in the background in some episodes as well. Um, and it's. Lastly, it's shocking simply because the numbers just don't make sense, because if Courtney and Duncan are in a relationship and Duncan is good friends with DJ and Jeff, that's a majority right there. But then, of course, if the big reveal of Harold rigging the votes, you know, it catches everybody by surprise
1: yeah jared i remember you saying that you didn't remember this the way that it had gone down so you must have been very
0: shocked it just completely like threw me off and like like and the amount of things i was thinking in like this split second of like okay like initially they get to the bonfire ceremony and i'm like okay like like who's going home here like oh like harold probably makes sense in terms of the episode um are we just randomly getting rid of Bridget at this point? Cause she hasn't been, she hasn't been shown at all. Like, yeah, are they just going to like get rid of her. Um, and then when it gets down to, like, Courtney and Harold, I'm like, okay, like, he, this is, like, a, the obvious, like, Harold Boo. Like, he's he's served his purpose. We've kind of uh, had that bullying storyline. I don't really know how much further they can push it. Uh, and then, like, when it's Courtney, like, I was completely shocked. I couldn't remember it all because I think what adds to this is, uh, without spoiling, I feel like there's one moment in uh, the first season where a character is, quote, unquote, robbed, and it's, like, the moment that... Uh, like I suppose it's turned into a meme. Like it's the moment people reference as like X was robbed, and it's not this moment. So like I like did like I feel like this is not like referenced that much in terms of like the fandom. So I was, like, completely, like, shocked. I'm trying to, like, calculate numbers. I'm like, okay, are we going to get, like, a flashback to, like, what the storyline here is? And somehow, like, Harold's, like, pulled off the vote. Like, is everybody annoyed at Courtney? Felt, like, laughing during the last challenge. I'm like, what's the reasoning behind this vote? So I think, like, it was a complete shock. Uh, the biggest character definitely that we've lost so far, the fact that Courtney doesn't even make it to the merge here, I think is a, a real talking point. And I I really like the fact that this is kind of it's foreshadowed in just the one look that Harold gives after Duncan and Courtney Kiss. And that's all you get. You don't get like a cut team confessional saying, like, I'm going to get my revenge. I'm sick of this. Like um, the only moment of foreshadowing you get is just that look, which I think is really clever in terms of the payoff of like this vote out and uh, quote unquote most dramatic bonfire ceremony yet yeah i just it really caught me by surprise um it makes sense in theory and i love kind of the whole blowout we get after this moment of courtney being booted oh yeah Yeah.
1: epic rant
2: i do not concede i do not concede let me go and then i am a counselor in training um (laughs) i do not concede
0: i do not concede
2: oh man this stinks You are going to hear from
0: my attorney. And I love love that too, because I feel like that's like back to her core character. Like it shows that like we've like her characters developed, developed and shifted, but at the heart, like she's still the same person who like is, is like, she's still bound by like the rules of the show. Like it's unfair that she's got booted. They're going to hear from her lawyers. I think this sets uh, Courtney up really well for, um, spoiler alert, future appearances.
1: Great development. Complete from the, the stuck up counselor in training to this like free bird that's still the counselor in training, uh, you know, has her moments and crazy boot for her. Like, I guess I, I feel like no more fitting way than to get rid of someone like this is to, to get them in a complete shock. You can't necessarily vote them out peacefully, like, there's going to be no delicate way to do this. So, you get them rid of in a shock way, and I think that. And, dramatic ending that that was a nice payoff for the maybe lackluster challenges or or character development from everyone else. But, like, full story for Courtney, great episode for her. Maybe not result, but a good episode.
2: Yeah, it was a fun episode for Courtney, and it just brings everything together for her, even though she's a character with a lot of potential that she was one that you felt was going to be there for the long haul, maybe, like think at the start of the series i'm thinking okay she's probably going to be around maybe at least like final eight or something and then like okay something happens where things you know finally don't go her way but then like for her to go pre-merge definitely the biggest character to go pre-merge like you guys said and i think it it does spice up the rest of the season because it shows that not only is there only 11 players left, but, like, the players that you think that have some longevity in this game, they might be gone sooner than you think.
1: Yeah, and don't expect a, and a good reference for the show teaching us how, how this everything works. It's, like, not necessarily everything's going to go the way you think in terms of, all right, we all cast our votes, goodbye, yeah. like, it, like, things will... shift and I think a good marker for how eliminations in the future may not be as clear cut as we think without necessarily saying without necessarily spoiling anything but like yeah eliminations are definitely a lot more live Uh, Live tribals, uh, you could say, at this point moving forward of the season.
2: Yeah, I just wish that uh, hidden media idols were introduced at this point because it could have been also done that way where Harold finds a hidden media idol, cancels out presumably five votes against him, and then that one vote for Courtney is enough to take her out. And maybe she doesn't have as much of a strong case as oh, I got screwed, but, like, she would still feel wrong. Like, if you're ever idled out with one vote, it's got to be a frustrating way to go out. I haven't asked uh, Lauren Rimmer from Survivor Heroes, Hustlers, but I bet that's how she felt.
1: <laughs> no, not fun to be eliminated in any show, no matter what the yeah. result is. But uh, but still, great episode. Uh, so that we got to do our classic ranking system uh just a refresher in case you forgot but we had a uh, three options you got to buy it you loved it rent it sort of liked it would what would what would pay to watch it again
2: or bin it not worth watching so ivan what are you gonna do um i w- i'm between the rent it or buy it category because while this was a very fun episode uh there were, you know, some room for improvement. It did feel kind of like some challenges were just kind of rushed just to exist. Um, but, however, the big moments in this episode were big moments for a reason. And they were some of the highlights, not just of the pre-merge, but it's one of the more memorable episodes for me of the uh, season. So... I will go uh, b- buy. I promise not every episode of Total Girl Island I would buy, but this one I really enjoyed.
1: I said that in the first few weeks of the show, and then <laughs> I think I finally got to episode six, and I was like, all right, maybe I won't buy this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I agree. So it's, uh, for me, it's always tough to to hate on an episode because I love the series so much. Um, but, Jared, what are you going to do? Are you going to enjoy the buy?
0: Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. I think it, it teeters between those two characters, but I think for me, this is potentially some of the best character development uh, throughout the entire season, uh, and, and it feels really organic too, like I've mentioned before. like It's not just a kind of sudden shift. But we've had hints of this happening uh, throughout the season. I think it's a really good payoff with the uh, Courtney-Duncan relationship finally getting that kiss and coming to fruition, so I think for me, uh, it's a buy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah two for two i feel like i'm in the same position but i feel like i'm being swayed to buy it just because i was i when i thought of this i'm like i'm gonna rent this episode it was good but then like as we've talked about it like i've enjoyed the courtney story more than i did when i watched it and i really enjoyed it then it's just like crazy to think that like thinking about it now i'm more tempted to buy I'm just going to buy it because I think that like Jared said the story was so good that like it just makes up for some of the lackluster challenges or or the non-existent challenge like the story of the character development was just so good and and 100% thought out that like you know what the other stuff doesn't matter because that was just so good
2: yeah I agree the strengths of this episode perhaps mask its weaknesses but they were very enticing strengths
1: an episode that i thought i would not buy coming in but now have proudly bought um it's just a fun episode that had a lot of things going for it um and that will do it for us in terms of our our coverage of episode 12 uh ivan thank you so much for coming back to cover another episode of told Drama island
2: yeah thank you for having me as always i'm um- Really enjoy rewatching the show. It's one of my favorites, and it's a big reason of how I eventually got into Survivor. So I'm always happy to contribute.
1: And Jared, thank you as always for being the total drama staple.
0: Mm-hmm. No
2: problem. It's it's been a fun recap.
1: And that will do for us. So, uh, uh, insert fart joke here.
0: Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider.